Recall that Jesus is restoring the 12 tribes, not like from the Old uh, Testament where it was hereditary, but now by choice, intentional. Whereas we say God has no grandchildren, he only has children. One cannot inherit the faith. That's not what faith is all about. It is a conscious decision that one makes, and one makes pretty much every day, I think. The Old Testament was hereditary, and the Old Testament was focused in on externals, keeping up appearances. This is not Jesus. As we just heard in that gospel, he's more concerned about your motivation, why you do what you do, your heart, which is why when he comes on stage the first time in public, his words are repent. Not stay where you're at, but change. And as our second reading just told us, that what we're being offered is a new insight, a new way of thinking. Same old, same old hasn't worked. It's time for something new. Jesus is up on that beautiful mountain, and he begins with, as I said, the invitation, calling the twelve to follow him. And he gave us the Beatitudes because his kingdom is different than the kingdom that you and I have become accustomed to, the kingdom of this world. There's a new way of looking at things, a new vision, a new worldview. That's why it's critical for us to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And it is only the sorrowing of heart, though poor in spirit, who get it, who realize I cannot do this on my own. I need help, help from God and help from my brothers and sisters. Last week we heard what Jesus' intention is for you and me, that you be salt, that you preserve in the culture what is good, you pull out what is good, but you purge what is not good. You put an end to it. That's your work. That's my work. That you and I be light. And light, pro and con again, uh, it reveals. And sometimes you and I are afraid of what is revealed. Standing back there with this beautiful sunshine, isn't it finally great that sunshine coming in the window, and all I saw was the streaks on the window. That window needs to be cleaned. Boy, weren't we happy when there was no sunshine, because then we didn't notice the streaks. And that's the way it is with our conscience, and why it's so important for us to do an examination of conscience on a regular basis, to remove what is being revealed, what is seen, and to thank the Lord for the good that's there. This is all part of the Sermon on the Mount. And today, one of my favorite parts. This is really the heart of who Jesus is and what he's about. This whole sermon, which is very long. I mean, we're in our third week, people. You see how long this sermon is? Not here. You get an hour. And even that, you complain. So when we think about what he's talking about today, he's moving the bar up. He doesn't care about externals. He doesn't care about putting on a show for other people. 
He's concerned about your heart. You have heard it said thus and so, but I say to you, if you've even thought it. Very strict, very severe, raising that bar higher than the people of God ever could have imagined. Now, today is a holy day for our culture, isn't it? Go Lions! You're all going to go home and fluff up that couch and put out a bowl of chips and dip, maybe some wings and pizza, and the TV is going to come on. Now, I want you to imagine that as that game starts, someone comes out with a basketball. Could it happen? Would it happen? Would we be happy? Would we celebrate it? Or would the referees go in and say, what are you doing, man? Get off, the, get off the field. Would the teammates look at their, their mate who brought that ball and say, that was very creative of you. We're very happy that, that you had such wisdom and understanding for the creative. Or would they say, dude, you make us look like fools. We're here to win the Super Bowl. What if they came out with ice skates and sticks? It's lunacy, isn't it? The whole beauty of experiencing the game, because we know the rules. We know what's supposed to happen and what is not supposed to happen. We know when it's going well, and we know when something is off. God has never given us license to sin. Our culture has created a, a hero out of Robin Hood. No, I'm sorry, he's a thief. Even if he has a good intention, the ends never justifies the means. I've come not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. Rules keep us organized, keep us moving, keep us healthy. You go to a concert, and it's billed as Mozart's concert, and all of a sudden someone in the, in the symphony decides to go off score. Are we happy about that? Or is the person with the bassoon upset that you're not following the score? People came to hear Mozart. They expect Mozart. What are you doing? The goal is to bring about what the author intended. Mozart, we want Mozart. What is Mozart's intention? Let's follow his score and bring about to life what he intended. The game, what is the intention of a Super Bowl? We want to pull that out and celebrate it, and that's what's fun about it. Imagine if all of a sudden people stopped following the traffic signals. Can you imagine this at all? All of a sudden, cars are going up on your property and going through your lawn and knocking over your mailbox. Would we be happy with that? Some of you probably would. I get it. That's why we're in the mess we're in right now. You are salt and you are light. But if salt loses its flavor, what good is it? To be trampled underfoot. What's going on in our body? What would happen if all of a sudden our heart decided to do a two-step instead of its normal rhythm? 
What would happen if our cells started to not cooperate with the laws of our body? Would we be happy? What would we call that? We would call it sickness. We would call it disease, all kinds of labels. It's not normal. It's not what we want. It's not healthy. So here we are reflecting. Jesus is giving us a Sermon on the Mount. Do we think for a minute that the author of our lives does not have an intention when he created you? The law of God is written on your heart. It's not a mystery. It's not a secret. We are called to live out of that. Not to try and disfigure it. Not to be creative with it. Not to call it old-fashioned. I mean, old-fashioned, old-fashioned is playing football with a football. Let's get modern, man. Why is it when it comes to our faith, all of a sudden, we think that we can reinvent it, recreate it? If we knew the wisdom that is before us, we wouldn't have crucified the King of Glory. Why is it that our minds are shut when it comes to faith? We expect all of this in every other area of our life, both within our own person, health, our family life, what is allowed, not allowed, chores, rules, what goes on in our community, stand, sit, kneel, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. This is how it works. And when it works, it's incredibly beautiful and life-giving, isn't it? So where is the breakdown? Jesus is telling us today, in a hidden, not-so-hidden fashion, it's in your heart. You have heard it said, you shall not be angry, I, or you shall not do something to your brother. I tell you if you've even thought, been angry with them, that's, you've crossed the line. Is Jesus expecting too much of us? Or does he know something we don't know? It's a great opportunity for us again to reflect on our interior life. How it is that we see law, rules, rhythm. Are we trying to do what the author intended with our own life? Have we asked God what he wants of us? Or are we just here wandering? Newsflash came to us today in the gospel. Settle while on your way to court. Brothers and sisters, you and I are on our way to court. All of us are in the process of fading away. What comes next? Let's settle now while there's time. Let's get our affairs in order. Let's live out of what the author intended, that vision he had of a beautiful people who love him, walk with him, friends with him, and in turn, friends with one another.